Hi, welcome back to this week's episode of Tell Me More, where we dive into the first sermon of 2024 and together. So we talk about together, we talk about our church's priorities, we talk about the book of Ephesians and the church. And we're glad you're with us and enjoy. We are, we're back we are. a little later than normal. Here we are. Things happen. Today's Wednesday. It's been a busy week. It yeah. happens. Full, full, good church work. So We love our people. It's Wednesday mm-hmm. afternoon. Mm-hmm. We do love our people. I was, we were talking about that at lunch today. Mm-hmm. I love a good intergenerational church. Amen. It's There's fun. nothing like it. It is. It's great. Can I have an intergenerational podcast? Do you like that too? Or Yeah. Okay. If you like to, you know, claim. I mean, yeah. I mean. Fatherhood. Multi-generational. You got the boomer millennial. Yeah. 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 I got a little, we got a little Gen Zer behind the camera. I was about so. to say, we're covered up in here, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Gen Alpha is a bit too young yeah. still, but. That's right. Is that, what's the cutoff there? Uh, like are our kids Gen I think Alpha? like seventh graders this year yeah, are Gen Alpha. I wouldn't trust graders. them on a theological podcast just quite. Yeah, not yet. They can <clears throat> ask the questions. But. <laughs> One day. One, One day. And they day. do. I mean, I went and spoke to the sixth graders a while back and they have questions. Good questions <clears throat> though, right? Really, really good. Church yeah, history was, and all that. Please. That's fun. Okay, well, well, here we are. Look at us. <clears throat> so it's officially the new year. I know that the podcast was made, so this is not the first podcast no, episode of the new year. It's not the first of the new year, but it's the first sermon of the, of new, the year. new year. So right. so it's yeah. the first all-in, both feet, new year are. podcast. Full out. Together. Fully yeah. in, fully out. Yeah, I don't even, t- I don't out, even want to talk about that other year. No. no. What year? 2023 is what over. Year you got it. It's so I don't want to talk over. about it. It is so over. I want to talk about 2024. That's exactly right. So 2000 late or something like that? No, 2000 late. I mean, we can at that least dates. mention, though, that the Rangers won <laughs> the World <laughs> Series in 2023. So That was a good let's year. Keep that, that was a great year. Was... Yeah. What else happened in 2023? That doesn't matter. You know why? Yeah. You know why? It's over. Because this one's about 2024. <laughs> so Sunday morning... Preached a sermon, yes. as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, once again, talked about these three priorities that we have for our church. And I don't know that we've ever really gone into depth on those three priorities on Tell Me yeah, More. particularly mm-hmm. in here, right? Um, and so, so we thought it'd be a good chance did, to, to just talk about them. How did our church come up with those? Why do we feel like those are the <clears throat> what's what God has in front of us? And yeah. what are we doing to pursue them? Yeah. So... I can remind the listeners and the viewers of what the priorities are. And maybe, Pastor, you could tell us. Mm-hmm. Yep. First, young adults and young families Correct. are a priority for First Baptist Arlington. Correct. Second, uh, we've called it unique attenders, new guests, just meeting new, pe- new, people, new people, bringing them in, new people. Mm-hmm. And the third is what we've coined as a ministries. We could also call it utilize our facilities and right. our resources mm-hmm. here at 301 mm-hmm. South Center Street. So those are the three. Can you, I, I mean, I'm also in some of those conversations, but mm-hmm. Pastor, maybe we want to hear from you mm-hmm. just why those three, how do we land on them? What context do they land in, et cetera? Right. Well, the way it works is the, <clears throat> our ministry leadership team, Katie is on that team. We have a, um, we isolated um, just trying to write out what, what are the, what are the foundational responsibilities, core commitments of our church? So we spent some time doing that. And we basically came up with 12 areas that we believe are incredibly important. Okay. 
And then the way it worked was we put them up on a board in a room and we all put on blindfolds and we just threw darts. And the ones where the most darts landed is how we got to. And these were the three. And so it was good enough in Acts chapter one and two. Yeah, Uh by the Holy Spirit. Deal with it. uh, Deal with it. This is how we do things. We we prayed first. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's important. I I would like to also say no MLT member was harmed or injured during the uh, actual. uh, No, uh, the only thing harmed or injured by blindfolded dart throwing leadership (laughs) would be, you know, just our spiritual integrity. Correct, the, all of that. The health of our church. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, actually, it, it goes back a year prior. In 2022, July of 2022, um, I went away. Okay, let's all place ourselves there. Leave, yeah. So it's been a, a good while ago. And a part of my burden in July of 2022 had to do with the growth of our church, new people, had to do with young adults. I uh, was uh, concerned back then on or about the spiritual health um, vitality of young adults and their their connection to a community of faith a church and um, and also 2017 I'm sorry 2014 we launched blessing the generations which was a huge capital campaign for our church where we're basically the plan was to renovate our sanctuary. We did some work at Mission Arlington, um, also build a new preschool children's building and uh, renovate our main building, provide for our senior adults, um, and also just renovate our educational space. So it was a huge campaign. <clears throat> and in the doing of it, we even added some things to it that weren't a part of the original plan because we had people who were able to give financially to some projects. So like our student center was completely remodeled and in some ways repurposed a little bit. We had some some missional endeavors that are that were going to be housed there as well as our student ministries. <clears throat> so well so in other words, we had renovated this entire campus. You're sitting here in downtown Arlington um with six and a half blocks worth of facilities and property. And so I just felt like we need to figure out a way to utilize this campus more effectively, more efficiently. <clears throat> so that goes back to 2022. So we go through the year 2023 and we start having conversations about those kinds of things. We looked at a lot of other priorities that we believe our church has. And we kind of we finally decided, look, there are just some core commitments we have. We're going to worship and we're going to do spiritual formation. We're going to do missions, um, those kinds of things. And then we kind of isolated what, what we would call our um, just a, areas of a potential areas of focus, and some of them are foundational responsibilities. And based upon a year and a half's worth of conversation and prayer, these three kind of merged to the top out of the 12. Still committed to all of them, you know, but by, by the time we landed on these three, we had already, then we had started doing a little research into the book Dechurching, and all that did was corroborate what we were already feeling, mm-hmm. more of that, the kind of the anecdotal feeling we had, all of a sudden corroborated by hard research. Young adults um, have left the church or are disconnected to the church in record numbers. Um, and um, new people are, uh, many of them are not connected at all to any kind of faith group. And never have been. And never have been. And now we're sitting here again with these facilities. How do we use them as a as a downtown congregation, kind of in the heart of the city? 
So <clears throat> that's kind of where those three just kept, they just kept merging or, or emerging, if you will, to the top in all of our conversations and prayer. And we'd go back and think about it again and even ask the question, how do you, at a church like ours, which is a full service church, it really is, intergenerational, multi-generational, how do you, how do you isolate areas of focus? So we went back and looked at some of our history. There have been times in the past where we've said, okay, during this season, we've got to do X. And we feel really called to it. So there was a season where we completely reevaluate evaluate our missional emphases, and we became a sending church for the first time. Well, that took a lot of focus. Didn't mean we still had Sunday morning worship. We still did mm -hmm. Bible study. We still did all these other things. But that took a lot of time and energy, and, and, and we believe that it had a profound impact on us. Blessing the generations. We decided it was time to take care of the mother campus, kind of the nerve center of this incredibly invested church footprint that reaches literally across the world. And so, well, that took a lot of time and energy and focus. And so now we feel like these are the areas that we want to focus on going into this year. So I think that's kind of how all that arrived. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> and I'm encouraged by it. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I look at our campus, grateful for our people's generosity and their investment in generations beyond us. Um, I believe like the preschool children's building, there are already children being formed in that building whose lives are being shaped spiritually in so many ways, y'all's children included, mm -hmm. my grandchildren, mm -hmm. and all of that will far outlive me, you know? And so I've made an investment in the future by providing a place where spiritual nurture and formation and community takes place in the lives of children in a way that it can't happen anywhere else, in my opinion, outside the context of a church. Also meeting the needs of young families which is what we're doing every single day. You both are sitting here working because the church has decided we've got a place for your children and we can provide for your children. My daughter's working today because my granddaughter is being cared for in a very nurturing, caring Christian environment, mm -hmm. being taught a Christian curriculum right now while we're sitting right here um, through our Child Development Center. So Thanks, CDC. Absolutely. Appreciate so, love the CDC. We've, yep. <clears throat> we've, we're making that investment already with young families and young adults, but we're going to be more intentional. So... We made the decision, <clears throat> let's call to our staff a minister to young adults, that that's their primary responsibility. And the church agreed with that and fits in with this priority. And so we called Ryan Chandler. Ryan Chandler. And if y'all remember right, just for clarity, for those listening, you think, well, we had Reggie. And we did have yeah. Reggie. And he right. served us, He served faithfully. Mm -hmm. uh, Reggie was a director of he young was. adult ministry. Right. So when we kind of um, had the chance to look for somebody new, we evaluated and said, this is really... This needs to be on par with anything else we're doing. Correct. It's a really important mm -hmm. uh, strategic role for our staff. That's right. And aren't we glad that we have Ryan Chandler? Yes. Speaking of guy. Yeah, He's and a we had a foundation. Dude. Like you're exactly right. Uh, Reggie for sure had laid a foundation for us, and this was just another step. Yeah, exactly. You I know, just for, just for our of, listeners. I mean, these yeah. are our people. They know. That's kind right. Of what's well, if you context are sitting there wondering what's Ryan been up to? Oh man, he's he's busy. Yeah. yeah. If you uh, if. If you want to get to know kind of the landscape of young adult ministry here and everything that Ryan's kind of, the the, the seeds that are being planted that you might not see the fruit from yet, buy him a cup of coffee. He's got a lot oh of, my goodness. not just ideas, but um, he's yeah. tilling the ground and it's fun to, yeah. it's fun to yeah. dream with him and see what he's up mm -hmm. to. And y'all yeah. are scheming. Oh, Ryan. Oh, I'm pointing to Luke. You and Luke, I, for those on video, it's I'm pointing to this guy. For y'all at home, I'm pointing to Luke. Uh, y'all are, y'all are scheming, which is both dangerous and exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you think? 
Yeah. I may about, or may not be the staff instigator. I don't know. <laughs> one of good, them. One of yeah, yeah. I, I would. Exciting. I could name a few, yeah. but it is well. I, I think the, the local day, engagement and, and young was, adults are Ryan hanging out. Ryan was skateboarding across the parking lot on yeah. his new skateboard. Don't we have signs for that? Yeah, I I'm don't just know. Kidding. And only on the side. I sound like a boomer. He's in the parking lot. Get off our lawn. So. No, he's good. We like Ryan. But, so, for example, but it's a reflection of our priorities. That's is right. What I was he's trying planning to say. on beginning a new worship service uh, starting here in January called the Eight One Seven. Really focused, especially on that young twenties yeah, demographic. Young yeah, adults. yeah. Yesterday we said, "Is there childcare?" And he said, "No." Yeah, because it's not really for y'all. Right. <laughs> you know, so really good. So that's I'm good. very pleased. declare some priorities even within that. That's right. So. And when you and, and and the staff has already taken some of this to uh, heart, we changed some things over the Advent season to address. New people, unique attenders. And mm-hmm. so consequently, our adventure day that we had was changed from just me having some time with our own kids, our own families, and we invited the community to come. And we had over 500 people here. That's the largest event like that we've ever had since I've been here. And um, roughly 50 or so odd of those registration cards that we did were from not our people. Yeah, right. never met them before, right. new to our space. So we got new folks who Perfect. came. Um, well, that was a, this emphasis was breathed into that, you know, and Luke, you had a big part of that. So it's already happening. And then the ministries, you know, the cafes open now, the Family Life Center, which we now call the Flex Family Life Experience, um, is open and utilizing our facilities in so many ways now. So many groups are coming here um, and using <clears throat> our downtown location. You know, the um, this morning I was texting with the Engage Arlington Pastors Group and we're, we're hosting a Every year we host a big prayer breakfast for the city. And, um, well, the challenge over time has been, where can you have that? Where do you put it? Well, our church is hosting that this year on our North Lawn. It's going to be an outdoor breakfast <clears throat> in the spring. And uh, and so you're going to have about 700 people from across the city who are going to come onto our campus for a time of prayer and just blessing our city. Um, well, that's that's becoming more and more the reality for us. You mm-hmm. know? And again, we're right in the heart of this community. Yeah. And so um, we use that North Lawn um, in conjunction with the Holiday Lights. That's right. Parade and connected with a ton of people mm-hmm. downtown. So, yeah, I, I just think that we're already seeing. I mean, this is January, but those priorities are already woven into the fabric of what we're planning and where we're headed in 2024. And at the same time. We're still doing the things we know we're supposed to. Like today, I just led a Bible study, um, pastor's Bible study. It's not only senior adults. That's not true. There are a lot of others there, but there are a number of senior adults who no longer necessarily feel comfortable coming here on a Wednesday night. Right, the time slot dark, is conducive you know? to... So yeah. come at lunch. And so you got a hundred or so people now that come to that every week. And again, that's the beauty of being a part of a church like this, that you can still have all these other things you know you're invested in, and then you can... Focus in on two or three things that actually are supported by everything else that you do, and feed back into everything else that we do. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with that. So, but that's how we got to that. <clears throat> now, I'm not saying that occasionally we I'm not saying we don't occasionally throw darts in ML. I mean, that's still a possibility, but that's sure. not how we decide on priorities. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That Venn diagram does not overlap. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Sure. So, yeah. Sure, boss. Good. <laughs> and um, and we haven't done axe throwing. That I know it. We haven't done the axe throwing thing as a group. As a group, no. no, no. Mm-hmm. We've individually done it. And we did it with the Engage Arlington, Engage Arlington pastors. Yes, we did. But as a staff, we, we have not yet. axe thrown. Not yet. Yes. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, <clears throat> upcoming to be continued. Cool thing to do, though. 
Okay, I hear you. I'll work on it. <laughs> okay, so we have those priorities. Right. We have those. They're guiding the way that we are practicing ministry here and the way that we're kind of working strategically. But we also have a new theme for the year. We do. And it is... Together. Oh, should I do Together. that? Yeah, anything. Where's the... That's the... I'll just have rock intro is what this called. Still I think going. this one's a really long one. It's still going. Like it's still, still going. going. Party. Well, together's a big deal. So the buttons are a risk. It's still going. <laughs> anyway. How do you know it's going. Going. And There's a little bar that tells me it's still going. This says it's going to count down for 50 more seconds. Oh my gosh. Right? If I hit it again, yeah, then it goes away. Wow. Wow. Hope you're still with us. So, I hope you're still with us. <laughs> together. Together. Yes, together. <laughs> we have a guiding text for together. Mm-hmm. And it is Ephesians. Okay. Wow. So, you the talked of Ephesians. about Ephesians the on Sunday. Ephesians. Um, I thought we'd start kind of with a big overarching view and then we could get more specific into mm-hmm. the sermon text. Lead us, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do, what do you love about the book of Ephesians? Tell us everything. <laughs> well, you know, um, Ephesians. I mean, if, if you if you adopt the traditional Pauline authorship of the books of the New Testament that traditionally he has been given credit for, okay, there are thirteen of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in the what if you don't? Uh, well, if you don't, another you're podcast. Just, you're just a liberal, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time to talk to you. No. Anyway, um, but um, and there are some challenges. He will make with time a, with a couple of those. He'll letters, make time to talk you know, to you. Second yep. Timothy. Um, but nevertheless, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but if you accept the traditional Pauline authorship, you have this corpus of epistolary literature, and scholars refer to it as occasional epistolary literature. So, in other words, these are letters that are written for certain occasions. So, for example, you read First Corinthians, and if if you take the time to read through First Corinthians, well, my goodness, why is Paul writing this church? Well, they can't get along with each other. He lectures them on unity. And basically just says, you know, you, you can't keep saying I'm of Paul or I'm of Apollos or I'm of Christ. No, we're, we're all together here. They, they, they were suing each other in public court. Paul chastises them. They had weird views about marriage. They had a hard time gathering for worship. Their people were speaking in tongues. There was nobody interpreting. Unchurched people would, would come and get confused. So Paul gives all this instruction about ordering worship. There was confusion about who's the most important person in the church. Where Paul tries to say we're all important, everybody has a role to play. And then you get to the end of it, and some of them were denying the resurrection of Jesus. So this, this church was just fraught with all kinds of issues. So consequently, the most famous Christian on the planet at the time, Paul, sits down and says, okay, here's what needs to be addressed in the life of this church. So, you know, the book of Romans, Paul wants to go to, to the rest of Europe as a missionary and, uh, and he knows there are some issues in the Roman church. There are questions about salvation because you've got this Jewish and Gentile population mm-hmm. in the church. So there's a little bit of seesawing, if you will. Well, Paul writes this incredible um, treatise on the understanding of redemption and salvation and the justification. But he's also hoping to go there. So he's, he's establishing a relationship. It's the most important church in the world. It's in Rome, you know. Now, granted, it was small, meeting in house churches, so it wasn't like it was the first Baptist church of Rome, you know, downtown. That's not how it was. But he knew these Christians were living in the heart of the capital city. Um, uh, Timothy is a pastor in Ephesus. Well, Paul writes Timothy and says, Here, here's how to pastor the church. Here's the way that you pass on the faith. Here's how you address these particular issues in your church. So you've got these uh, um, occasions where Paul is answering questions, handling theological difficulties. That's why it's also rich. You know, it's so 
important to us and has such a practical feel to it. You get to Ephesians, and there is there's presumably, there is no occasion in the church at Ephesus. There's nothing, doesn't mean the church at Ephesus is perfect. Get the book of Revelation, and they'll be chastised for losing their first love. So it's not a perfect church. That's not the point. Mm. But Paul's in prison in Rome, about AD 60, most of us believe. And he decides to write this letter to the people in Ephesus, and he writes kind of this general take on, here's who the church really is. And it, and it is connected to this cosmic Christ and this grand narrative. And he takes this, the, the message of Christianity and applies it to every sphere. I mean, he talks about the, you know, what creation is. talked about the, the, the ideas of before the foundation of the world, here's what God was doing in Christ. You know, you have in Christ or in him or through him. 36 times in this letter. So this is a thorough, thorough Christological document, if you will. But it's him instructing these people on who the church can really be. And he, he shows how the impact of the church and the gospel and our relationship to Jesus touches everything. He talks about masters and slaves and husbands and wives and parents and children, how to deal with evil, how to face the, the forces of darkness mm. in our world. He also takes the church and elevates it. And he says, the church is where the manifold wisdom of God is on display. So this is the most general message from Paul. It's almost like Paul is saying, okay, take your church, think about it and compare it to this, because mm -hmm. this, this is the church, you know, and, and see the church for what it is. And he points you to a future reality that he would argue is already in existence. You're already seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're talking about inaugurated eschatology. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. there's already a reality here yes. that's in existence, whether you understand it or not. So it's outside of Romans. I would argue it's probably the second most influential letter that's ever been written. A pretty big claim. That is a bold, bold big claim. So that's why it's worth our attention. So we're going to spend, you know, as I said Sunday morning, I'm not going to preach from Ephesians every Sunday. But we're going to be winding our way through it all through the year because I just I just can't help myself. It's so powerful. And 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 we talked a little bit about this one time on here, I think, before. There are some copies, ancient copies of this letter. I don't think I don't think I would say this. The general consensus among most conservative scholars is the letter was written to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus was a this central town. However, there are some ancient copies of of the letter in Greek, where the phrase in Ephesus is not there, there's just a blank. Inferring that take this letter to your church and say in Arlington, you know, so to speak. And um, and so that even further to me proves that Paul intended this for a broad audience. Mm -hmm. You know, this is who the church really is. If you want to know um, who the church is, it's kind of like a, you know, C.S. Lewis in um, Screw Tape Letters, you know, he wrote this series of letters from, um, you know, this... Uh, um, this um, demon, you know, screw tape and wormwood, you know. And um, what's interesting is it's, it's like you get all this insight. Screw tape is writing the junior demon, giving him instructions on how to do things and how to be a better devil. Yeah, how to be a better demon, how to torture people and all that. Well, anyway, um, he gets chastised because wormwood has been assigned a guy and he lets the guy get saved. And so screw tape is really angry with him. He's like, you know, you're subject. <laughs> you know, that you want, and then he says something like, well, now you've lost him forever. I mean, you can't even, 
And he says, and the master is really upset with you. Talking about Satan, you know, mm. you've lost another one, you know, to this cause that we're all opposed to. And it's really fast. C.S. Lewis, come on, y'all. Brilliant author. I mean, seriously. If you've never read it, seriously. I haven't read it in a long a time. Book. I'll probably need to pick it back oh, up. It's, it's, a, it's a very thought-provoking. So good. Because he'll talk about things. Well, you're probably yeah, in that I way. I go but, back to it all the time. You know, just talk about ways to distract him. It's pretty much describing our everyday life, exactly, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But at one point, he says, he talks about the church, and he just says, when we see, he's talking about demons, when we see the church, we see this grand, incredible experience expression of God with banners unfurled marching across history, you know, and victorious and all that. And then he says, but fortunately, your subject, that's not what he sees. He looks around the room and he, you know, he sees the baker singing off key with an oily face. And, you know, he sees the, you know, the maid who's a maiden whose dresses doesn't match her shoes and, you know, and all that. Basically, he just says, we're so thankful that the Christians can't see the church like it really is. Ephes, I mean, Ephesians is the church as it really is. Mm. And so, and the beautiful thing about it is Paul has much to say about the fact that we're together in it. You know, there's a, there's a sense of community in it for us and the power of being together in Christ and being together in maturity, being together in growth, being together in the body all of these ligaments and everything grows together with one another. And so therefore Christ has given the church these gifted people so that that togetherness can be a reality in a mm -hmm. way that it, you can't find anywhere else. That's really where we're headed in 2024 is that learning mm -hmm. how to live into that togetherness in a way that is more dynamic, more deeply appreciated, more everyday than maybe we've had in the past because we're so individualistic in America. We're, you know, you, you, you think about you go home. Some people, now I don't do this because it always makes me nervous, but I see people do it, pull in their garage and hit the close button on their garage and the garage door closes before they even get out of their car. I mean, talking about being closed off from your neighbors. You know, Very different, isn't it? You go into a closed container and close it up and stay in it and come out the next day. Um so together, it's a, we're swimming upstream mm. in an individualistic culture, but human beings long for it. It's an individualistic and isolated yes. and lonely yes. culture. And on top of that, you know, I know Luke has talked to us before about how loneliness is viewed as an epidemic. Well, on top of all that, we're still, we're still shaking off the effects of the pandemic. We are. And so add that to the individualism that already existed in America. Um, yeah, so people are disjointed, they're disconnected, they're chaotic, they're looking for community. Yeah. Many of them are desperate for it. A know? lot of social theorists would say that we're not so much shaking it off as it accelerated trends that were already present within mm -hmm. our culture. So yeah. it just I think that's true. Accelerated Luke. and escalated. I, I think it did. It escalated things, put a magnifying glass on some of it for us. And so I'm burdened about it. And um, and I know how um, how much I need that community um, because the Lord has just shown me, you know, you need these people in your life, these these other believers that are different than you are, and they have different skills, different proclivities, different propensities, and and I bring something to that, but I don't bring everything to it, mm. you know. Um, I remember years ago um, there was a trend in the NFL years ago 
where every time somebody would score a touchdown, they'd take their helmet off. Um, it was something that was just really common for some reason. And uh, Emmett Smith used to do that a lot. For me. I loved Emmett Smith. He was one of the greatest running backs ever for the Cowboys. But, you know, he'd go in the end zone and, you know, pull his helmet off. And uh, so I was at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes banquet one year, and Coach Landry was our speaker. And he was already been fired, so he wasn't the coach of the Cowboys anymore. But the, the person that was asking questions just asked him a few things. You know, what about this? What do you see today in pro football, you know, whatever? And then they said, All right, anything that you see in pro football, they said, you know, Coach, you were, he was kind of a, um, even though people look at him being very conservative, very staid, he, he invented a lot of stuff, like the shotgun. You know, everybody in the pros now, but when I was young, every quarterback just lined up behind the center, not, not the Cowboys. Coach Landry invented, just snapped the ball to the quarter, and people were like, what? What? he's not punting. Why's <laughs> a quarterback standing back here? Well, Landry was just very innovative, so he was a creative guy. And, and he would have the backfield line a certain way, and the offensive line would go line. Well, every offensive line would stand straight up. And when they all stood straight up, the backs would kind of rearrange themselves, and then, they'd, then they would go back down to their position. Well, the defensive backs were like, you know, linebacker, like, what happened? Where is everybody? So, so even though he was very conservative, he was also viewed as being innovative. Well, anyway, so they were asking about some of the trends that he saw and all that, and he was making a lot of, having a lot of fun. But then finally they said, was there anything that bothers you? You know, and he said, yeah, one thing in particular. He said, a guy goes into the end zone, takes his helmet off, the running back, as if he got there by himself. He said, maybe what ought to happen is that everybody on that team, next time you get near the goal line, ought to just lay down and see how easy it is getting that end zone all by yourself. Mm. And I thought, now that right there, there's, some, there's a sermon in that now. <laughs> you don't get anywhere by yourself. You, know, you just don't. Well, we are in this together. Now, granted... That lineman there may not be good at running the ball, but I'm going to tell you right now, you wouldn't be any good at running the ball without him. You know, So I've just had to learn through the years, I don't do things by myself that are going to have the longest impact. Um, we do them together in community. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I want to just reclaim that, the beauty of it, and pull us, those of us that need to be pulled out of that isolation, those of us that need to be invited into a belonging community, that we just get more intentional about that, you know, and and truly give time and energy to it. So, so we um, another thing I was convicted about, y'all, is just depth. I feel like I live in such a shallow world that there's just it's, it's, it's loud, and I, I just I don't always know. Is anybody thinking? I know everybody's talking. I understand that. I mean, you got talk radio. You got. Cable news. I mean, is everybody's talking. Critical thinking. But I'm trying to figure out who's thinking, you know. We're, I mean, praise God we didn't have all that when guys like C.S. Lewis were alive, you know, because I think we'd have warded them to death trying to figure out what they're thinking. I think he would eventually told us, well, I don't know. I don't have time to think because you keep messing with me. <laughs> you know, those guys thought. Mm -hmm. They spent some time thinking. And then would emerge, <laughs> you know, with collectively they met together and they challenged each other, and then they blessed all of us. Well, I feel like things are just shallow right now, so I felt convicted about it. That's where I came up with this together in word, together in deed idea, that, okay, let's pick a passage of Scripture connected to the sermon on Sunday morning for you during the week and just spend a week in it. You know, read your Bible every day. Probably. However you want to do that, yeah. but read that every day and let it soak in. Choose a different translation. Rewrite it yourself. Pray over it, meditate it on it, sing it. I mean, and then how do you take it and put it into action? 
And so consequently, our devotional guides that we're now publishing for the whole year have a weekly passage of Together, you're in mm-hmm. Together in the Word. But I know you two are a part of the team that's writing Together Indeed. Well, how do you how do you take this and apply it? That's what I'm interested in, is taking these truths and getting them into the everyday of my people's lives. And I would love to see a year from now, us look back on this year and go, man, I had no idea how desperately I need to be so connected. I'm so much more connected to this group of people. I'm involved in this now in a place of belonging. I've, I have met new people. I've invited people into this that never were there before. I've seen the value and the beauty of how my life has you've added texture to my life. You've added blessing and strength to me. You've challenged me and better. I've grown so much over this past year because I've intentionally focused on Scripture in a deep way, and I've tried to apply it in a practical way just in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. That's really what I'm hopeful for for this coming year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try to guide it on Sunday mornings because I think that's my job as the shepherd here. Um, so I'm excited about that. I really am this first leg of the journey. You know, We're looking at uh, being together in Christ and how God has gifted us to live in community with each other and bring our different proclivities to the table. Um, for our church to know, we have... We have decided, okay, let's look at this passage in Ephesians 4 where the Bible says that Christ has apportioned, He has He has given to the church. Again, I think Paul is going to make everybody know Jesus didn't just establish the church. He's empowered the church. He's mm-hmm. enriched the church. He's equipped the church. He is the cornerstone. Yeah, so he, he, you know, He's making sure the church has what it needs. Well, there are apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. Well, those are all different kind of people. And so we've taken that seriously as a leadership team. We've said, okay, I know probably for some of us in the Baptist family who've been in a long time, you hear the word apostle and you're like, ooh, careful now. <laughs> no, um, there were like 12 of them plus Paul, right? And they're all dead. Right. We have no apostles yeah. would be that take. Right. But that function, that apostolic function, you can't tell me the Lord takes it away from the church. Yeah. There's just and no it, way. Those Pioneering, yes. new, new frontier type people. One is sitting to my left. Yeah, it's Luke for the I mean, William Carey. Was <laughs> William Carey not apostolic when he yeah. when he addresses a sleeping British church and says, "Man, we're really good at colonizing the world, but we don't. We're not giving them Jesus. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not even addressing the real need of the people in this world." And and he's like, "I'm gonna go give my life to that." No? Mm. Well, and he inspires millions of people to this very people like me this very day with an apostolic spirit, a calling and restlessness and unwillingness to just take the status quo. You know, he wouldn't do it. Um, but I know that's not, I mean, that's something I'm very interested in, and I have a little bit of that in me. I do. But but you know, I'm a I'm a teacher. I'm I'm a, I'm a shepherd. I care about people. I want to guide them spiritually. You are a shepherd, you know. And um, Katie, I'm talking to Katie. And oh, yeah, point to me. Are Katie, and um, guess what? We need that. Luke has some prophetic apostolic gifts in him. We need it. Also so, a teacher. And, and is a really good teacher. You're right. together. So got, yeah, but it's a unique perspective. Yeah, so we've got this collection of staff members who are ministers on the staff. We've, we, so we've taken some tests and some evaluation. Then a little bit of who, who's in the room. Exactly. If, mm-hmm. we, if we think these are valuable, then mm-hmm. who's... Yeah, and what do they you know, bring? Let us know more about you, Brad. Let's know more about you, Andy, exactly. Luke, Ryan. Yeah, and it helps when you're relating to each other because why would I be shocked 
Now, I already knew this, but now that I'm, I'm more definitive in my understanding of it, that you're always, you, Katie, are always going to be saying, well, now, are we, are we really bringing these people along now? You, I know you want to do this, but, I mean, are we, are we caring for them? Are we, well, you're a shepherd. You know, you're not going to leave three sheep out in the field. You're yeah. not going to do it. Um, and so, and it colors when Luke's like, there's a whole yeah. swath of people that we're not reaching. Are we just fine with that? You That's know right. what I mean? Exactly. Is that so, fair? Yeah. Is that a fair thing to say? Okay. Don't put words in your mouth. I'm always ready to go faster, farther. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. so, yeah. guess what? You pull we us along. You, you, so, you pull the church along. So, when I look at 2024, push, pull. Um, yeah, lead. Provoke. Lead. Lead. God. Lead. Guide. Um, Shepherd. Okay, so I was the staff instigator earlier. Instigate. I that, um, poke. I think it's going to be a year for us of growing deep, deeper in our own personal relationship with Jesus, but also in our relationships with each other and our appreciation for the beauty of what mm-hmm. the church really is, not just what this church is. It's not, it's not just this church. I love this church, but that, that's really not the point. It's the church. It's the vehicle that God's chosen on planet earth through which he's going to do his work. Be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, so uh, yeah. that's, that's what I see in front of us. Yeah. And the church is really cool and really great. And if you have a low view of it and you're like, eh, church, whatever, I'd say lean in, yeah. check it out, give read it Ephesians, yeah. give us a chance, but really the church universal and just mm-hmm. what, what Jesus intends to do through it mm-hmm. now and through it in the future. Very best thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what Amen. I said. So I'm, to say I'm excited, encouraged about 2024, um, I'm very anticipatory. And, and I live in a real world. I'm not Pollyannish, I don't believe. Um, but I, I believe more firmly in the church now than I ever have before. And I believe in the validity of its role, its relevance, its need, um, than, than is, is any other time in my life or ministry. So like we're pouring into the right thing. I think so. so. Mm. We, we love the church. And listener, viewer, aren't you glad? We do. Because you know we are, we are. We've given our lives <laughs> right. practically day yeah. to day to it. So yeah. The church deserves to be led by people who love the church and love the people. Yeah, if we're and, pretty just neutral toward the yeah, idea, the right. entity. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say so get do out of the way else. and yeah. let the rest of us do something with it. How about that? How about it? Mm. <laughs> that is. Okay. So well, there you go. <clears throat> Everyone, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we record on time. That's a Luke Stair promise. <laughs> we'll be back. I just don't know when. <laughs> well, you know, it's MLK, it's MLK oh, yeah. next Monday. So we will not be on time next week. I that's can right. guarantee that, actually. Yeah, right. Hey, whenever Dennis Wiles shows up, that's what time we'll be it here. should be. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Okay, blessings. to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.